0: Hello, welcome to episode three seventy nine of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you uh, very shortly after the Kings beat the Indiana Pacers one thirty three th- to one thirty two, or yeah, one thirty three to one twenty two. It was not that close, thank God. But it they got a little, it got a little uh sketchy at the end. But the Kings do pull it out and kind of avenge their loss uh, from, from, was it two, three weeks ago, uh, in Golden 1 Center. And they kind of made the Pacers kind of look like the Kings, honestly, like from about a month ago. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, no Fong again, um, he might be in later in the episode uh, when we talk about the Chicago Bulls game, but he was busy and was unable to watch this game, unfortunately. So it will just be me rambling about it here. So uh, the Kings, they come into Indiana. The Indiana's on a second night of a back-to-back. They were without Turner uh, this game, and I think they they might have had more injuries. Let me just quickly look really quickly. So Miles Turner and Jalen Smith were out. Um, yeah, I probably should have noticed Jalen Smith, but without uh, Miles Turner, uh, the Kings well Sabonis basically had a free reign to just bully guys down low. Um, he went that like they had to guard him with Isaiah Jackson, I think. I think is his name. And while he is actually, oh, I do really like him. This is a dude that plays with good energy. He's simply too small to guard uh Sabonis. And he just dominated him down low. Anytime like they tried to, anytime he tried to put up resistance, uh Sabonis would just kind of bump him out the way. And you know, they would need a double team to to uh to have any hope of stopping him. And then for and then like they try to stretch where they put Aaron Smith on him. And Aaron Neesmith is a beefy boy, but Man's about 6'5", like it's too small. You need like a 6'7 guy to at least just some so a little bit more length to be able to uh, stop Sabonis. So the Kings just absolutely imposed their will, and it kind of started with Sabonis on the offensive end, just being strong, and then he just sprayed it out for, you know, or not even sprayed it out. He just, the, the offense kind of worked from there. They just, you know, sprayed the ball around, and then they found good shots all throughout the night. Um, Harrison Barnes had had a you know a really good game, where 22 points, hit four threes, all of them were very crucial. But the main story of the night, I think anyway, were the turnovers. the The Pacers had 22 turnovers, and the most notable one to me anyway uh, was Tyrese Halliburton. He actually came off the bench this game, and he's on a minutes restriction. Com- just coming back um where you know coming back from his hamstring injury apparently like 22 is like the bare minimum that you have to play to register it as a play game because uh Tyrese uh if he does not make all NBA loses about 30 million I think in incentives and in order to qualify for all NBA he needs to uh or and off season awards he has to uh play uh, yeah 65 games we we can get into that a little bit later but Yeah, so he's trying to play, and he definitely was a little off. Like, five turnovers for Tyrese Halliburton for a guy that really never turns it over. I actually decided to just look up how many times he had five or more turnovers. He's had two really weird games where one game he had six turnovers against Atlanta. They won that game, and for some reason, seven turnovers against Detroit. But in those games, he got 16 assists. He ended up with 14 and one. Like 14 points and one assist. Now, that being said, he was an absolute force out there. I, like I made this comparison. Now I'm not saying he's as good as someone like Shea Gills' Alexander, but it, but he really, like, you noticed him out there. He was basically like he imposed his will on offense. Like anytime he drove to the rim, I felt like it was it was something good was gonna happen. Now, of course, he did just have those weird turnovers. It was just, he was a little off, but he really was effective while he was out there and yeah the Kings just were active all night in getting steals like De'Aaron Fox had you know a game high and uh I believe he tied his career high of six steals just their their hands were very active and a lot of that I felt was started by one Kessler Edwards who ended up getting 15 minutes this game and he really like Is it strong to say he established a tone on defense? I think he did. Like, the the issue with the Kings is that they usually only have maybe two wing defenders out there. Harrison Barnes just isn't like a real wing stopper. He's more of a body you just put in front of a guy. But Kessler is a legit, like, defensive playmaker. A guy that's, as I describe it here, he's not going to roll a red carpet to the paint for you. Like, you're going to have to work to get around him. And then also he was so active on the help defense, like digging his hands in there. He got he had he got a jump ball with Siakam at one point, and then and then he was just and he got two steals of his own, and also like a a, a rear view block that was really impressive. He was he really just gave the Kings so much more juice on defense. And I've always wondered why Mike Brown didn't play him. Now, granted, you know, zero points. He very much is a offensive non-factor. Like, guys are going to help off of him, although the Pacers' defense was pretty awful, honestly. They probably <laughs> they, they probably were, were actually probably um, guarding him. So either way, I thought he was really good this game, just being that extra defender for the Kings to really take their defense to to another level that we haven't seen much of. So really impressive that way. The offense, uh, like with both teams, I thought was actually pretty even most of the game. The uh, Pacers really went cold in the third quarter. And again, a lot of that was actually the Kings' uh, defense. They were just so active, you know, so just aggressive and just able to pick the pockets of so many guys also there were there were just some weird plays where i don't know what something was on that ball and guys just kept dropping the ball passing it off of other guys something was off like aaron neesmith had two plays where they secure the ball and for no reason he just drops it there was one where they try to push in transition they pass it up to neesmith who just drops the ball and then there was one where I think it was him and Isaiah Jackson. They they secure the rebound and it just slips out of Neesmith's hands. Who dives on the dives on the ball, but isn't able to save it. Just a weird game. And then there were moments where, uh, what's his name? Like you know, like De'Aaron Fox would just randomly get the ball stripped from him. Uh, there were there was a time I think like Fox like just passed it off of uh, Kessler's ass and it became a turnover. So maybe it was something with the ball, but. Either way, the the Kings defense, like in the third quarter, shut down the Pacers offense, especially when Tyrese was on the bench, like, you know, TJ McConnell, they, because they had Kessler in there, like couldn't really have his way as, as much. And holy moly, they went under screens for him. Like that was like a simple adjustment and I can't believe how well it worked because DJ McConnell couldn't drive to the rim as easily when you go under the screen and he's not going to punish you from three. Although I think he did hit one, but it's, he's not a guy you guard out there. But yes, the the point is I thought most of the game like offensive-wide was actually pretty even, but the Kings' offense or Kings' defense was the difference maker. They got, they got, you know, uh, steals um, and then runouts. They ended up getting 31 points off of turnovers to the Pacers' 18. Now the Kings did turn over 16 times themselves, but it, there, I, it, I don't, I didn't feel like they were as devastating as the ones that the Pacers did, where they turned the ball over. That ball is, you know, going it going to the other side for a layup or a dunk or a three. It was, it was a, it was a tough one for the Pacers, where, you know, like credit to the Kings' defense, they again they shut them down in the third quarter and they looked so like shook at one point where. There was one play where I don't know if it's a Buddy Heel problem or like an Indiana problem. but, Like Buddy Heel ended up like bumping into Obi Toppin, essentially knocking him out of bounds. Where instead, like Obi Toppin should have should have had an open three, but instead he gets bumped out the way for some reason by Buddy Heal, and then and then they take a terrible shot I think at the buzzer. And yeah, just all night they couldn't really uh, they, well they couldn't hit threes. That was one one area where the Kings kind of got away with some of, you know, just not like there were moments where they left guys open. Like Ben Shepard, I believe did not hit a three, right? Ben Shepard, he was one for five, but like Ben Shepard, you know, not being able to hit as many threes, like made a huge difference. Obi Toppin, not, not being able to hit a throw. No, he hit one, but like he wasn't effective. So that was kind of the difference in the game. Like the Kings like shut, shut down the, uh, shut down the Pacers on offense for a stretch and then you know they, they kind of played them even on the offensive end, so you know really impressive display by the Kings in my opinion. Now granted, you do have to put in the caveat they didn't have Miles Turner, they didn't have Jalen Smith, and they were on the second night of a back to back with their superstar nursing an injury, so they so they were definitely limited. And you know I wouldn't brag about this win like that much, but you know impressive win by the Kings to just you know, bounce back after what was a really rough showing in Miami. And, you know, they avenged their loss from earlier in the season, making the Pacers look like the Kings uh, at, at that time. So, you know, like a win's a win, and it's not as easy to win, to beat a team on the second of a back-to-back as it seems for the Kings. So, like, you take you take these kinds of wins wherever you can get, and, you know, like all of the credit in the world uh, to the Kings for just kind of changing up their game. And also, like, you know, going toe-to-toe with the best offense in the league and also being able to slow them down a little bit. So, very impressive win. Um, everyone deserves their flowers. Let's go over just some of the individual players. Keegan had a weird game, only five points, just didn't really hit shots, but I thought he was effective on defense. De'Aaron Fox, look, he had a good game on paper, like 25, uh, 25 points, uh, six steals, and three, three assists and three rebounds. The only cr- real criticism I have of him is that he had Buddy healed on him for stretches. And look, we've seen Buddy healed on defense. He probably has improved since, you know, since his Sacramento days. He got barbecued chicken so much by Malik and, and Fox. And my criticism of Fox is that he didn't do it often enough. Like, there were moments where, like, he had Buddy on him, who, who amazing enough, like, I don't know why they do this with Buddy. I, I hear it's because, like, they don't want him to guard off ball where he's even worse. Look, I don't know. Like, having him on ball is not exactly a great solution. But, basically, they have him on and Fox. And there were so many moments, especially in crunch time, where he would pass the ball to Malik to go at uh, Ben Matherin. Now, Ben Matherin isn't exactly a lockdown defender by any standard. But, like, come on. Fox on Buddy Healed like that that's barbecue chicken and like the times he did attack it was barbecue chicken like he 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 just destroyed him in the mid-range sold him Malik, by the way mo it seems like the kentucky boys have, have something against buddy or like they just love feasting on buddy and you know like every time fox attacked like it was it was an easy bucket one way or another and i thought he just should have attacked him more anyways still still a good game from dearon although like some of his he seems to be forcing it a little bit with some of his finishes. Like, you know, it, it's been it's been a weird like stretch for him. And I hope he finds his touch at some point. Um, so Kevin Herter, uh, I thought had a really good game. 15 points, six assists, and five rebounds. Like, I, I will never like like I cannot stress just how good he is on offense as a complete offensive player. And he's gonna like, if if the Kings do end up making a trade and end up keeping him, like. That can really like he can be your like bench score like he's really that good in my opinion, where he can be a real like creator like like a secondary creator like off the bench and I think that would be a great role for him, but uh yeah still really good game from Herter, and he and he played yeah I thought he played really well hit, hit some hit some big threes as well, um Trey Lyles three for four from from three four for five I thought he was effective in his minutes out there. And, you know, like those those three threes were big. Although I didn't feel his impact as much as, like, the other games. But I thought he was really solid this game. Kessler Edwards already talked about just the, gave the Kings such a huge defensive boost. Davion Mitchell also gave the Kings a, a big defensive boost. I will say, I don't remember Tyrese scoring on Davion. Davion is, is a, the type of player that Tyrese really would struggle with because he's not a guy that's g- going to go through and over Davion. And he's not really going to be able to get around him that often either. So, like I thought, Davion just played defense very really well. He had a really nice like weak side help against T.J. McConnell, and it really shows you just how on point the Kings' um, uh, uh, what's it called help defense was this game. They had some ugly moments in in the in the first quarter, but when when they got going, like the help defense was immaculate, like. There was one where where Davion helped on T.J. McConnell as I mentioned earlier, but there was also one where like Isaiah Jackson got caught a law pass, so like and like brought it kind of like it was a bad law pass, but Davion just happened like was in position and was able to knock the ball away from Isaiah Jackson. Just again, the 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 plays were just on point all night, the, the defensive plays. So yeah, credit to the Kings for doing that. And Malik Monk found his mojo a little bit again, 23.6 assists was just really, you know, like the good version of Malik where he's, he's hitting shots and he's getting assists. So just the overall really good game for everyone. And, you know, like they kind of, they did kind of need this one to just bounce back and they needed to prove to themselves that they can beat this Indiana team. And like, you know, they can still kind of reach back into kind of last, last season's beam team and take out that offense that they were so well-known for, and, you know, almost show the Pacers how it's done. Now, of course, again, you got to have the caveat, second of it back-to-back, missing Miles Turner and Jalen Smith. That was big, but, you know, the King, you win the games in front of you, and the Kings did that. Uh, one more negative about this game, Kings, 18 for 28 from the free throw line, 64%. It did not come back to haunt them, but this easily could have been a, probably could have been a 20-point lead had they just made more free throws. It's just gonna be a thing with them, and I don't know if it ever gets any better because, like, you know, Sabonis was eight for nine from from the free throw line, and but Fox was two for six, and then Malik missed two, and Harrison was over two too. That was a really weird one. So, you know, it's just gonna be a thing. Like, we we're, we just have to accept that they're just not a good free throw shooting team, and they're still easily the, they're like they're the worst free throw sh- shooting team by a pretty big margin too. So. Uh, it's just going to be a thing. I'm just not going to. I'm just. I've just accepted that fate with this team. Okay. All right. So that's all I have uh, for the game. But um, early on th- Thursday, the All Star teams were announced. And neither Fox nor Sabonis made the All Star team. And I was pretty shocked because. I thought for sure Sabonis was going to make it in because you saw the graphics of like, oh, was it 20 points? Um, was it set, like 12, tw- like 20 plus points, 12 rebounds, and more than seven assists? I think he's at eight assists. I, I forgot the exact number, but it's the only p- players to have ever done that while shooting, I think, s- over 60%. Will Chamberlain and Damana Sabonis. So, and he w- he had been on, like, a triple-double streak, basically. And he's still, like, active right now, has a double-double streak that's about to hit 30. So, he was, you know, st- like, really stuffing the stat sheet and just playing really well. And I th- I 100% thought he was going to make one of the forwards, but he ended up not making it. And Fox, like, I, th- look, the S- Steph Curry, pe- like, people were making the argument he should make it over Steph Curry look, Steph is going to make it. That's just how it works. It is a popularity contest. He is, you know, a well-established star. Look, it's the coaches who vote him in and, you know, they're going to vote a guy like Steph in. Devin Booker, it was a bit of a coin flip but between like him, him and Fox, you know, like Booker didn't make it last year. Maybe they're trying to make up for that, but like, it really was a coin flip. Like they're both, they're, both teams are kind of like in the same like ballpark in the standings, and then like Devin Booker is having a really nice season, like especially when he's playing. Like he is—he's not missed a lot of games. He's missed some games, but you know he's played—he's played quite a few games. So it was a bit of coin flip between the two of them, and I can get that one. What I what I thought was controversial was the fact. The guy, the two guys that are really sus. I mean, you can add three because like Steph Curry, I guess. But again, I've already explained. Steph, like he kind of has to make it just because of just what he means to the NBA game. The two sus guys that made it onto the team. Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Anthony Davis is very good and he is a star. But he's not to the kind of star that Steph Curry is in terms of just being that that all encompassing like game changing ambassador for the game. He's a very good player but he's not, he's not like, you know, the the arguments over the offseason. he's not a superstar. Like he's not LeBron James, he's not Steph Curry, he's not Draymond Green to that to that degree. Like he's just not like that he's not within the consciousness of the of the casual fans. I'll just say that. But But, like, you know, he has been playing very well, but they are the nine seed. Or, like, let me check really quickly. Where are they? Let me check really quickly. Yeah, they're the nine seed right now in the play-in. So, it's pretty crazy that the Lakers got two all-stars that way. But, to a certain degree, I can get it. He's been great. And he is a name. But I didn't think he was the kind of name that would actually be able to overcome, like, where his team is in the standings. But the really sus one... Well, now... Of course, Car Anthony Towns, he's on the number or the number two team actually in the standings right now. Like, they're they're actually tied. Like, I don't know why OKC is actually ahead. Maybe they have the tiebreaker. But um, Minnesota, like, they're the they're the they're the second seed right now. And Ann Edwards is gonna make it. Like right? he is the he is the face of that team and gonna be one of the faces of the league. But Car Anthony Towns? don't get me wrong he's been good and he is he is pretty crucial to the wolf success but honestly the guy i thought that would have actually made it over him was his teammate rudy gobert because again they're the second seed it makes sense for them to have two but Carl Lady towns is a bit of a running joke in the league where he's not really a winning player you know he says stupid shit and then he and then like he had the, the 62 point game and he ends up getting benched at the end because his defense was so bad. And then his coach was in the was in the press conference basically lighting him up. It was like that, that was some immature ass shit. I hated watching that game. So it, it was really surprising that the coaches picked Carl Anthony Towns over Rudy Gobert and, of course, over Demondis Sabonis. I get it. They're the first seed, second seed, whatever you want to say. Like they deserve two all-stars, but like I just like coaches value defense and the defensive anchor of that team is Rudy Gobert. And honestly, I brought, if, if you had to have two Wolves, I would have picked Rudy Gobert just because, like, again, I think Carlton Towns, like, he hurts that team as much as he helps. And he's not really a good defensive player, and coaches love defense. So, like, it, it made sense to have Rudy. It, it's just really, really head-scratching. And unfortunately, because of that, um, unfortunately, because of that, um... Yeah, Sabonis doesn't doesn't make the All Star team. De'Aaron Fox doesn't make the All Star team unless there are injury replacements. Maybe they're next in line, but no All Star game representation this year in the in the All Star game, or no no yeah no Sacramento uh, representation in the All Star game, unfortunately. So, you know that sucks. It is what it is but ultimately as long as like sabonis and fox make all nba and they can get their money it's all good this ultimately is kind of like a stupid little thing anyways like let's be honest the all-star game has been trash for so many years at this point last good one was the 2021 where they essentially did it for kobe you know after he passed away and that was a really good one but there hasn't been really competitive ones It's it's a glorified pickup game nobody wants to get hurt. nobody wants to play hard it's just It's just boring to watch, so it ultimately is what it is. It sucks that we don't have the two, like, we don't have any representation. But, hey, the Kings can use that as motivation and, you know, play with a chip on their shoulders. And, you know, surprisingly, a lot of the national media actually agreed with us in snubbing these two. Let me take a drink of... Ah, good drink of water. Uh, Like, the national media was, was like... On the Kings' side. They thought at least one of them should have made it. And, you know, they were kind of the same thing. We we're like, why, how the hell did Carl Anthony Towns make it? And, you know, like the hipster ones are like saying like, well, why did Steph Curry make it? Well, again, he's one of the faces of the league. Same thing with kind of LeBron James. LeBron James is going to be on that team. There were people like saying, yeah, he's he, he's got to be on the reserves. Or like, oh, no, he's not playing well enough to make the – no, LeBron is making that all-star team. That's just how it works. And – you know, like it's rare to have everyone so seemingly so united that the Kings that the Kings got fucked on this one, basically. So good to see everyone kind of get together. And, you know, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It is what it is. is. We'll, we'll just have to the Kings will just have to kind of pick up their pieces and just move on. And it looks like the Aaron's going pr- pr- like planning on doing that. He had been saying, like, he doesn't care about the All-Star All-Star game. Maybe he does, like, you know, that, that's just kind of one of those, like, template player, like, those template responses, like, no, I don't care about the game, I just want to win, blah, 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 and it, like, okay, like, as long as he doesn't care, you know, why, why should we, <laughs> to a certain degree, right, and some bonus doesn't really say anything, so, like, I don't know if he cares or not, but I think he loses a million dollars, a million dollar bonus uh, for not making it, which is unfortunate, but. We'll see if there's any injury replacements. So far, there's no injuries in the West. But in the East, uh, Julius Randle and Joel Embiid will be out the All-Star game. Uh, Julius Randle, I believe it's a dislocated shoulder, some sort of shoulder injury. And then Embiid, uh, he, he he injured his left knee after Jonathan Kaminga fell on him. And I want to speak on that really quickly. There was a lot of talk about like you know the, how stupid the 65-game rule is and like how it basically forced him to play. Look, it I don't know if the if the sixty five game thing is what forced Joel Embiid to play, because if he doesn't play sixty-five games, he does not get to win MVP, basically. And you know, he was out there, he didn't look great, and then unfortunately the shit cherry on top is that Jonathan Kaminga fell on him and injured his knee. I'll say this, like, let's not I, I don't really blame the 65 game thing. Look, the it was a freak accident. He probably shouldn't have been out there, but like, even if he wasn't out there this game, there there very much could have been another game where, you know, an accident like that just happens and he injures his knee anyways. So like, that's kind of just my take on it. The sixty-five game thing, maybe just move it to like sixty or sixty-two. Like sixty-five does seem a little high. It, I don't, I don't have too many thoughts on it. Look, it's making a lot of players play. Like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have played damn near every game at this point. So like it, it seems to be working and right but right now they're just going to have to weather a storm weather the storm of just you know these bad injuries and bad PR like Tyrese was complaining about the 65 game thing and you know he seemingly kind of like pu- pushed pushed himself to play this game and he did not look right. So you, if, if it is peer pressuring the players into playing as much like it, look it's not great. I'm always uh, uh, like under the assumption like players want to play if they can play. Like if they have to sit out, like that. Prob like, look, I'm not comparing myself to them. I'm not an NBA player. Surprise, surprise. But like, look, if, if I'm not playing, it's because I'm really, really hurt. It's gonna take a lot to keep me off, keep me from playing, you know. And I assume a lot of players are like that. Like they want to push through, but like they're 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 kind of like held back by you know the the uh, medical staff, the organization. Uh, amongst a bunch of other things so like when they're not playing i always assume look they must be injured i'm i don't think like they're ducking people like how denver fans kept saying like mb's like ducking jokic jokic didn't play in philadelphia right or i don't even remember i think last year lately jokic didn't play in philadelphia some something something like that but it, it is what it is i don't have like that big of an issue with just with the um with the 65 game thing just 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 like take take it down a few games and maybe it'll solve everything. I think it's a good policy to have. If like just to motivate certain like players that could just like play more. Okay, uh, last thing I'll just quickly talk about. So I just watched Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, Bailey uh, picked Io uh, for the ch- for, to face at WrestleMania. That's pretty dope. I thought the segment wasn't that great. Bailey doesn't seem to be the greatest promo but like you know what the result is there i'm i'm really looking forward to that to that match um but the big news is that it looks like cody's not going to pick roman for romania it looks like plans have changed I, i'm very curious to see what the fightful select report um, is for for what happened but the cody said he's not going to challenge uh, roman of wrestlemania and instead the rock came out he gave cody a hug and it looks like that match is set. I don't like it. <laughs> look, and I'm the biggest rock fan. I haven't been a, as big of a fan of as uh, of him like for a while, but like that does that mean like we're, we're going to get another year Roman? Just look, I I understand it has to happen and like you're you don't have that much time with the rock, but yeah, I thought you had to have let Cody finish the story and then run the run the Rock versus Roman some other time. It just didn't have to be. I just like maybe there's still gonna be a change in there somewhere, but like I, I don't like where this is going, and it really makes you know Cody losing last year really stupid because honestly I thought the right thing to do was have Cody win the title and then on and then next night on Raw. You have you have the rock come back and just said I'm the head of the table boom you set up for Wrestlemania 40 instead of like you know set up for Wrestlemania 40 it doesn't have to be for the title and it could just be for the head of the table moniker uh, I, I don't I don't like it we'll see like how things unfold maybe that maybe they'll throw in a, another twist um but right now I don't like where this is going so that's my th- quick thoughts on it we'll see where it goes Hi, listeners. We have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. Well, that, that was a trip to say the least. Okay, uh the uh we are coming to you live after the Kings beat the Bulls. Uh 123 to 115. Uh Fog is here with me and we'll, we'll but unfortunately he did not watch the full game. Um we'll, but we'll try to push through. Um I guess the first thing I should ask you, you want to start with the bad or you want to start with the good?
1: Yeah, let's start with the good.
0: <laughs> well, the good, the Kings they they basically went into the united center on a second night of a back to back and honestly made the bulls look like the look like the worst version of the kings they took they got a lot of steals like i got to actually check like how many times they've gotten double digit steals but after getting i think 16 steals I, I forgot how many specifically but you know after after getting a lot of steals in the indiana game they get 12 steals here and they led to, let's see, how many fast-break points? they it led to a lot, I know that. They led to, well, only 24 fast-break points. It felt like a lot more than that. But yes, their defense uh, was really good. Their offense was really good as well. But it was really their defense that sparked a, you know, a damn near, a, well, not a damn near, a 30-point lead uh, at the beginning of the third quarter.
1: Hmm, I see (laughs) I can't really put too much input into it not gonna lie other than it seems that way
0: yeah and again they were they were just so good I was really impressed with how they came out and this Chicago team like they don't play together like there's a vibe about them that it's a bit weird there's definitely like an energy that's really kind of clouding over the uh, entire team and the Kings really did take advantage they look more like the team than than the Bulls this game
1: mm, I mean uh, did we mention that we've been gone <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm not good well let, let's I don't even know to put that in the bad or the good I mean, we might put that in the bad because I don't think he helps them this game honestly
1: no but I mean they were also missing Patrick
0: Williams and Lonzo Ball
1: but that's slight that's been Lonzo quiet. Ball
0: might as well not be on this team. Like he was on the bench, and unfortunately, not his fault, but he kind of his injury has basically fucked this entire Bulls era.
1: Yeah, which is too bad because I really like on paper when looking at this team, besides probably their defense, <laughs> uh on paper, it looks uh like a decent team that could be potential playoff content Do
0: something but they, yeah. they're just, they just don't play together again there's a vibe about this team like there there was a stretch where they just they, they just kept they played iso basketball without like actually being an iso team and, and like for a lot of the first half i called them a defensive team that that just gave up easy buckets they have defensive players but they don't play defense if that makes any sense
1: yeah pretty much
0: so it's a weird vibe about this team. And the Kings just took full advantage. You know, Fox with 41 points, hits just so many huge shots. It's a bonus triple-double. Malik is back in his element. Shrek could not miss from three. And, yeah, like, it was, it really was just the best version of the Kings against a Bulls team that looked like the worst version of the Kings. Okay, well, uh. Let's, uh, let's go on to the bad then. The bad... I did mention the Kings went up by 30 early in the third quarter. Uh, That league just got munched at and munched at and munched at for the rest of the second half. And the Kings looked pretty awful in the second half. They managed to escape with the win, but boy, they made the king, they made a sweat.
1: Yeah. Like, I remember watching it and was like, when it when I I believe I, I want to say Kobe White kind of sparked the plug uh, for their comeback uh, because we were 86 and I want to say like they were like 50 something at the time and all of a sudden that week like you said kept on getting cut shorter and shorter and shorter
0: and the big thing was the. The the Kings went cold from three, they couldn't hit from three um after just starting out really hot. I don't have the numbers specifically, but they shot something along the lines of like 65% in the first half. And the the Bulls turned up their defensive intensity, they really shut down the paint. And as I mentioned, they could the Kings could not hit their threes. I think they may have hit one in the third quarter. Like it was a long drought. And yeah, like that that extra pressure really gave the Kings a lot of problems and it's something to monitor going forward because that unfortunately is what gives the Kings problems when they don't hit their threes they just they're just not great at like getting to the rim and just forcing points but either at the free throw line or finishing now of course they have De'Aaron Fox they have Malik Monk but other than that you're they rely so much on making threes that it really exposes they 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 become very one-dimensional once once they stop hitting threes.
1: Which is weird because in the first half it felt like they were, you know, cutting the to the basket a lot more, you know, getting easy layups. But yeah, I don't know what the deal with um the second half with you know reverting back to kind of old self or you know I, I, I don't want to say the bad side of kings because when if we do make the freeze you know it is what it is it's just it so happens that we're missing it this game
0: yeah and you know you talk about like oh there's cuts like they're getting inside the paint well it's easier to get inside the paint when the other guys have to guard the shooters it just becomes a bit bit of a bit of a feedback loop that just you know uh, we'll have to see if they could ever like figure out how to do this like i love malik's mid-range game like maybe get into the mid range a little bit more. Maybe some Harrison Barnes at the post and help. Maybe run some stuff for Keegan. They did not run a lot of stuff for Keegan, and he ended up with five points. But like it's, it is a it is something to monitor going forward. Anyways, it becomes a dog fight in the fourth in the fourth quarter towards in crunch time. It basically just became a, it, it became a shootout, but it was more of just very com. Competitive scoring. Both teams could not stop each other from scoring. And you know, that there would be once in a while the the bulls would blink or the uh the kings would miss a shot, and then the other team would immediately take advantage. But the bulls made very like they made silly mistakes throughout. Like there was one where Kobe White stepped into the backcourt after just a really just stupid pass from Alex so that for some reason he just threw too hard and they step into the backcourt and then there were multiple And then there was another one where caruso couldn't secure a rebound and the kings get the ball back and i think draw a foul on the next player maybe maybe the bulls get a stop but either way that that just little mistakes like that just uh kind of doomed the bulls who really were on a roll but credit to the kings for you know going going like shot for shot with the bulls and you know, make like keeping the keeping the lead just far, far enough away from from the Bulls and, you know, not letting them complete the comeback.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, was it they got close as close to what? uh Three points,
0: three points, I believe. Yeah, I think it was three. It might have been two, but it was a one possession game at one point.
1: Yeah. And like you said, luckily, the Kings, you know, secured it with their offense and defense, because without that, I mean, shoot whole different game um i mean could have been one of the worst
0: <laughs>
1: probably worst losses if you know things uh turn around for the Bulls. i guess
0: i have a note here that says this is giving me the sun's vibes at the beginning of the third quarter or the mm-hmm. beginning of the fourth quarter where like they just it was stag their offense stagnates and it bleeds into their defense and the other team just takes full advantage now of course luckily they don't have kd and uh racing Allen, but like i mean it was damn close like demar demar tried uh kobe white tried caruso really tried and uh yeah it, it, it got it got shaky but ultimately good on the good on the kings for pulling it out on the second night of a back-to-back on this uh road trip where you know this seven game road trip they've been five and one
1: Hmm, that is interesting not that i i forgot who was the one loss
0: Oh, uh, miami oh that's right (laughs) and honestly that was a winnable game they just couldn't figure out the Miami zone and credit to Miami for running that shit but you know like that that was one they honestly probably should have like I guess should have won like Miami was on a seven game losing streak like there, there was blood in the air but the Kings just didn't have it
1: I mean still five and one I mean at least we're gonna come home with a positive record at the end I guess
0: now, the next game will be a challenge. It's against the red hot Cleveland Cavaliers. And let me just pull something up really quickly. Where is Cleveland? Why is this? so? There they are. They're the central time zone. Uh, let's see. They have won. Let's see. It's a lot of W's. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Out of their last 14 games, how many do you think they've won?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at myself and it only shows the last 10. So out of the 14, I'm going to say 13.
0: Yeah, you're right on the money. They've only lost against Milwaukee. So this is a pretty hot ass team co- coming in. And yeah, they're, you're you're looking at a really good um, Cleveland team. Now, of course, they, they just got back Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. And let's see if that fucks things up. But, you know they're they're a really good team so this will be really this will be a challenge for the kings for sure
1: well i guess we shall see
0: we shall see uh one little note that i have about the bulls caruso might be worth two picks to me that dude is a winning player i i loved what i saw now oh ultimately he ended up kind of costing the costing the bulls the game with just really ridiculously aggressive defense that got that got us uh, free throws for the kings but he, he he's so good like he if you miss out on kuzma i'm not saying the Kings should do this they definitely should consider like should they just pivot to uh to caruso and give him like a pick like if you could talk them into a pick and a pick swap i'm okay with that i don't know about two picks but like you could talk me into two picks
1: well, I mean, as long as the Bulls are willing to give Caruso up because, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, I don't know what their plans are after uh, having Levine down. I mean, Lonzo's been down, Grant Williams down.
0: Oh, no, not I Grant mean, Williams. Uh, Patrick Williams. Patrick
1: Williams, not Grant. But, Grant uh,
0: Williams, very different player. Yeah, very
1: different. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what their plans are, <laughs> to be honest. It seems like they just want to put together a bunch of guys that they hope they could get far with. I mean,
0: they, they I, thought this team was going to get them far. And unfortunately, yeah. like Kobe White's been good, but you need more than that. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough look for them. I, I don't like, you're not the only one who doesn't know what they're doing. Most of the league doesn't know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> like keeping this team together. And you know, they wanted to trade away Zach Levine and then analyze everything from there, but they haven't been able to trade Zach Levine, and he's going to be out uh, this season with foot surgery.
1: I mean, is DeMar on the board? Not saying that. I mean, he's on the board. Yeah. But, not...
0: but the thing is, their pricing of him might be a little high for what he is. He was good this game, like 14 for 15 from the free throw line. Fucking ridiculous. But, but like, did not shoot well.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I wish the best for him because I, I like DeMar. It's just the situations that he's been in for the past, you know, half of his career is uh, kind of skewed, I say.
0: I mean, like, you, you put him on a team that needs a little extra offensive juice. Like, he's the perfect guy. But then again, do you want to give up two picks for him? Like, I doubt it's, Like Like, probably he's worth one pick. but he is an expiring contract and you know there's risk involved with that and then like he might not be good enough to warrant two picks anymore it's it's a tricky situation but we'll see what the bulls do we're not a we're not a bulls podcast but i would love to have caruso this dude is good oh yeah he's a winner is is how i would describe him okay all right so uh you know i talked a little bit about about it before the commercial break I'll, I'll get your quick thoughts on it. Fox and Zabonis, don't make the All Star team. Uh, your thoughts?
1: Um, I gotta say, literally enough, I'm a little more upset about Sabonis not making it for some reason. I know Fox in the beginning of the season was really hot and like literally like I I would say like on the climb into the uh, MVP ladder, but I mean. Yeah. whatever's happening with him right now I mean it's a little skewed towards uh from uh as of recently so it's I kind of understand why he may not have been uh voted in to the all-star since you know all the guards in the west is ridiculous right now <laughs> so how,
0: how dare you the same same deer foxes there to make it but um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, Sabonis definitely should have made it. And you're not the only one that's angry. A lot of national media is actually angry about this, which is very rare for, you know, national media and Kings fans to be on the same side on this one. But, like, da- the man is damn near averaging a triple-double. And it really does annoy me who did make it over him. Like, like, Carlin needs Sure, his team is great, like they're the number one seed they might be the number two seed now but they may like you know i personally would have probably thought gobert should have made it over him and you know the dude scored 62 points and lost the game so like i don't know it, it just it just feels confusing and you know like co- the coaches are the ones who vote on the reserves and i was just shocked that they of all people um that, like, they actually voted in Towns and not Gobert because, you know, they love defense and Gobert is their defense.
1: Yeah, true enough. Maybe their dot would be not going to be such a fun all-star game with Gobert in the game, maybe.
0: Yeah, Gobert is not an all-star, is not an all-star game player. And, honestly, neither is, neither is Sabonis. And Carl and the Towns is more than that. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about who deserves it. Like, the Kings deserve to have at least one all-star in there, and I get, I, I'm, I'm with you on the Fox thing, it's just tough to make it as a guard, like, you're never, like, Steph Curry was going to get a spot, I know some people were, like, say, nah, Steph Curry doesn't deserve to make it, his team is 12th place, no, Steph Curry is fucking making it, you shut, you you shut your mouth and go, and go, to, and go outside, do something else, I get it, but come on, like, there were some people, like, LeBron shouldn't have, shouldn't have been a, a, a star, I'm, like, no, he's going to be a starter. That's just how it works. Like the man's the man is a legacy pick. He's he's been in the league for twenty years. He's still great. He's gonna make it. AD, you actually could make a case you shouldn't have made it just because they're the ten seed and like they should not have two two all stars. But it, it's neither here nor there. I get the arguments. I still think Sabonis should have made it in over AD and Cap.
1: Oh yeah, but you know, it is what it is. Hopefully this kind of feels the fire in them, which, you know, in the past, what's was what it? Two or three games since uh, the news came out. I mean, it seemed like they're playing a lot harder than usual. And oh, they're you know, proving.
0: They're 2-0? and oh?
1: Yeah. Proving, uh, hopefully, whoever voted them out wrong.
0: And, you know, like for those of you that say like, you know, Booker shouldn't have made it. The, the Suns are a good team. Booker's actually averaging 28 and 7. Like, it's a pretty nasty-ass number. Uh, Fox, to his credit, you know, 27 and 5. Like, like, he's not exactly a slouch, but, like, that just shows you the, the talent pool is so deep for guards, specifically in the West. In the East is a bit of a trash fire, but, you know, we're not in the East.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like if we were in the East... I I have a feeling that both of them won't make it the All Star. Not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are like saying Trey Young should have made it. Man's actually averaging twenty seven and eleven. But I mean, it's the same thing. Your your team is fucking trash. Like, what are we talking about? So, anyways, yeah, that's our thoughts. Like, we really think they should have made it. But like the, it's it's a little bit unfair, but at the same time, it really just does show you how deep. The talent pool is oh yeah okay let's uh let's talk about the main thing that i really want to talk about and there's been actually been quite a few updates uh about this so we'll, we'll get your thoughts first uh the rock is back yeah and he's going to be facing roman at wrestlemania most likely they have not announced it but cody and roman had a segment cody says I am going to finish the story. Just not at WrestleMania. And then he brought out The Rock, who had a stare. To- Does The Rock look a little weird to you?
1: Uh, I, uh, weird in what way? Because I can't. I don't
0: Something know Something what... about, like, his neck is, like, ridiculously thick now. And I don't know if it's just because he's gone full bald. I mean, he's I've we've seen him full bald before. He looks weird.
1: Hmm. I'm looking at a, a clip right now. For some reason, in my opinion, his body looks smaller than his he- head. Like the head, had to body proportions, weird. In my opinion,
0: like I made a joke. He, he's looking more and more like the Rock guy from from Fantastic Four. I forgot his name. Like it's like he's it's like I think if you compare like his previous pictures, he's morphing more and more into the Rock guy.
1: So, oh.
0: you, you know what I'm talking about, right? From Fantastic Four. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 um, I forgot
0: his name, but I know what you mean, but yeah, so your thoughts on the rock probably facing Roman at WrestleMania
1: I I really don't know like are I really want Cody to finish the story with the belt from Roman, but are we gonna see the rock <laughs> finish off um what you've called the uh, this whole uh, deba- this thing, his yeah, which <laughs> we'll call it his thing, yeah, with Roman at this point. So, I mean, what does that mean for the future, of WWE? I mean, how long is The Rock gonna really stay on this?
0: Oh, so that that's the interesting thing. Uh, Let me go through some of the news that has since come out. So, according to Wrestling Observer. The plan, the plan was for The Rock to face Roman at some point this year, not at Mania, but oh. he was slated to actually, you know, face him at some point. Basically, they said, "Look, this Cody story, we're gonna finish it at Mania, okay? Yeah, we, we just can't have that, and you know, we'll just we'll we'll just have it like at Saudi Arabia or SummerSlam or like an event, okay? Mm-hmm. So, but." The Punk injury changed those plans. It was it was supposed to be Cody versus Roman at Mania at the time of the Royal Rumble. And it was still the plan at, on Raw. But plans changed after that. Yeah.
1: What? With The Rock coming back? <laughs> I mean...
0: The, well, The Rock actually was back already. He had joined the TKO board. Now, what the fuck does that actually mean? I don't really know. Yeah. But... He had he had rejoined the board, and apparently he had actually been pushing really, really hard to actually have it had to to have face Roman at WrestleMania. But I'm guessing as Triple H and Creative, they said no. The yeah. plans changed.
1: Well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, you think the winning it then? the belts i mean
0: let's uh we'll we'll hold off on that but uh so again at the royal rumble and on raw before they knew about the punk injury it was supposed to be punk versus seth and cody versus raids and or and also uh, well now diverting to um after well the reasoning for the plan change There is a speculation. There's not been a report about this, but speculation from Fightful and I think a Wrestling Observer and also a PW Insider. Part of the reasoning for the change for the Rock main eventing WrestleMania, they're hoping to divert the the attention from the Vince trial to something positive like the Rock main eventing WrestleMania against Roman Reigns.
1: Sure, <laughs> sure. And and,
0: and to real and to just check in on how that's going. TMZ of all places is actually covering the controversy about the Rock not being there. Bar- Rock's return has not been popular, and TMZ is actually covering it right now. So, oh. not a great start. And apparently, at a live event today, uh, they they played the clip from Friday night where the Rock returned. The live crowd was booing. Oh, really? It's not, like, crazy loud, but you can hear you can hear boos.
1: Hmm. I see. I mean, like I said, if The Rock wins the belts, how long is he going to stay for the next person to win it back?
0: It, he'll actually be around, I think, if he does win it. Like uh-huh. it's, 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 He's joined the TKO board. Again, I don't know what that actually means. Does it mean, like, he's going to be l- another part-timer? Maybe. But apparently, he's really lobbying. He he was not only lobbying to actually be face Roman at WrestleMania. He is trying to lobby to win. So there is a real possibility that he wins the the, the belt. Dear God, I I personally don't think it's going to happen.
1: That he's going to win.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't see it. Dear but but <laughs> I, I can I could be wrong, but you know. So yeah. I I, I gave my I gave my thoughts I don't like it I want Cody to finish the story and but and you know to be fair Cody did not say did not say who he's cashing in on his Royal Rumble uh, match on. he did say he's not going to face him at Wrestlemania but the hope for me is he channeled his inner Eddie Guerrero and then he comes out at some point and says I lie (laughs) We will see.
1: I mean, how is that gonna work? Like Rock and Roman face first, then Cody comes out as uh...
0: there's a lot of possibilities. Honestly, I, I don't know what they're gonna go, which way they're gonna go. I just, I like, I don't see a Rock versus Roman like straight up, just because I don't think the Rock can do a long match. Now, granted, the Roman matches are really slow. He might be able to do it, but I don't know, man. Like, a triple threat, I don't love the idea of a triple threat, but it makes sense. And triple threat matches are usually really, really good. That might be able to protect The Rock in in that match. Yeah. Like, I I don't know.
1: Well, I guess when it comes closer, we'll get a better idea. I mean, there's still, what? one more um pay-per-view before El- elimination chamber in yeah. australia yeah 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 maybe
0: maybe cody finishes story there who knows
1: <laughs> yeah i guess we'll see
0: but uh last thing about uh the rock so the rock apparently so he brought his one of his people that writes the creative for a lot of his movies like he was a big guy involved in the writing of black adam i forgot his name i should have wrote it down but apparently he brought he basically brought his guy into wwe his i'm just going to call him his creative guy his writer and the rock apparently since he's kind of gone hollywood is very particular micromanages just about everything in his scripts and his roles And like, for example, apparently in Fast Five during his fight with Vin Diesel, there was a mandate for the amount of time, the amount of times that Vin Diesel can punch the rock, apparently. Like there's little meticulous things like that, that he, that he worries about. And again, he's brought that guy into creative now. Now, PW Insider, they speculated on this, that this guy might be, the Rock and this guy might be lobbying to take over WWE creative. Specul- hmm. its speculation right now. There's no, there's not an actual report, uh, saying that's happening, but it's something to kind of keep an eye on. Like, it, does The Rock just never lose <laughs> anymore? Oh, God. Does he just, does he just squash Roman <laughs> at WrestleMania?
1: Oh God! Like
0: he get like keep this in mind it could happen because he's a board member he has legit power now i I don't know how much power but you remember how i talked about if the if cody doesn't finish his story this is gonna be the downturn of wwe yeah yeah that's right now i could be wrong i could still be wrong maybe they just swerve us and cody just faces roman at wrestlemania like the uh the WrestleManias that end in zero have all been really good and reward the workhorses. You have WrestleMania 10. You have Bret Hart winning the world title. You At 20, you have uh, Chris Benoit <laughs> winning the title. <laughs> he, he was a workhorse guy. And then WrestleMania 30, one of my favorites of all time. Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement culminating in Daniel Bryan winning, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe it's Cody winning at, at 40. It, that would fit the workhorse thing. But we'll see.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: but we'll we'll see. But you know, like uh, back to my point, if this is kind of the start of the downturn of WWE, I said that at the, at, before the Royal Rumble, and there there's all the possibility in the world it could they could still just swerve us. If if it is Rock versus Roman and they get booed out of the building in Philadelphia, don't I look like a fucking genius <laughs> for predicting that? While they were white fucking hot going into the Royal Rumble.
1: Ah, jeez. So w- let's say so for Triple H at this point, since you know, I we all thought he would be the one that he, would still
0: had a creative right
1: now. Still had okay. So with the Rock on the board, I'm assuming that whatever goes around with um, how they create the stories, it still has to end with Triple H, right?
0: <laughs> we'll see mm. we don't know right now wait we, we i assume triple H still has final say
1: yeah it's
0: but... look look here's what i'll say i don't know if last year if triple h had final say like apparently vince had kind of squirmed his way back into wwe creative at that point but like i, I don't know anymore
1: well, I mean, there's not much information yet. Hopefully, there's more news that to come out because if it's leaning towards that way, man, this this ain't gonna look pretty.
0: I remember how I just uh, said the live event they boot the Rock. the The WWE clip that was uploaded with the Rock's return the most disliked video in w- on the WWE channel apparently four hundred thousand dislikes. Ah. Uh okay (laughs) it's not not very popular online but if you look at the reaction that that it got on smackdown they love it and i understand why the internet the internet community is not the entire community the hardcore fan base is not the entire fan base but wrestlemania is going to be filled with hardcore fans and i i'm gonna predict that they're gonna get the shit food out of them at wrestlemania
1: yeah well, when the time comes, we'll see.
0: We will see. Yeah, uh, very eventful week, to say the least. Like, amazing enough. Like the, the the thing I really don't care to talk about is the, the Kings right now because the, the wrestling world is so interesting right now that, you know, like it's WrestleMania season and you can't say they kicked, they've kicked it off to an incredible start in terms of just coverage because... So much shit has happened. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh well, do you have anything else uh you want to talk about? Or should we just call this an episode?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I mean, anything in the gaming side for you lately?
0: Uh nothing really. Um, I I I haven't told you guys this. Oh, I didn't tell you this. I, I told I told it on an episode, but I basically had to replay like six hours worth of Baldur's Gate. Oh, Jesus. Because uh, I accidentally let one of the characters die by accident. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> okay. I, unfortunately, I had to restart the game. So
1: no, really? Well,
0: not 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 completely restarted. I had to play basically six hours backwards.
1: Oh wait.
0: So- I had to reload a save that that like that only had three hours of playtime instead of nine, which I, which was where I was at at one point.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great game there's still so much I need to do I'm still not out of act one there's I think three acts but uh oh yeah it's a it's a big game I don't know if I'm ever gonna finish it
1: I see well in terms of my side still haven't touched Destiny <laughs> yet but we've been playing was it power world have you heard about that
0: well of course I've heard about that it's the biggest thing in the world it's uh it's isn't it people say it's Pokemon with guns or something
1: yeah it's <laughs> Surprisingly, pretty good for the price, not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, well, I'm probably not, not gonna play it, but like, I mean, it looks fun. I mean, I'm, I've heard a lot of positive things about it, so yeah, good to see you guys are having fun with that. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, anything else uh, you want to talk about?
1: I don't think so, but next weekend, that's where things get juicy, <laughs> I feel.
0: Yep, um, there's not I don't think there's any NBA game, so we will we will have an entire segment dedicated to uh that. Oh yeah. I mean, you're I mean, we already have we have your prediction. I already have my prediction uh Chiefs <laughs> for me. <laughs> you, you'll have Niners and yeah, we, you can celebrate or I can celebrate. We'll see how that goes.
1: Uh we shall see.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, if you have nothing else, let's call this an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys back after the Cleveland game.
1: Yeah, we'll see you guys later.